It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams, niche nonsense, or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish football podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. to this week's episode of the Spurs Show. I'm Mike Lee. Thank you so much for joining us wherever you are around the world. Well, lots to talk about tonight. Uh, obviously, we have to talk about the Amazon Prime series that dropped uh, a couple of days ago. Um, three episodes out already. We'll be discussing that. We'll be briefly discussing the uh, last preseason match uh, against Birmingham City. Latest transfer rumours, uh, the Europa League draw as well, uh, we will, we'll talk about and other bits and pieces. Joining me tonight, firstly, uh, been on the show a few times now, and rightly so, from the, if you don't uh, follow him on, on Twitter, the wonderful Talking THFC uh, uh, page, Sean Cook is back. How are you, Sean? Very well, thank you, mate. How are you? Good. Yeah, really good. Thank you so much for coming back on again. And uh, also on for the second time, uh, last time she was on, it was just after the Champions League final. Um, I think that's right. Joining us again, Hannah Barlow is with us. How are you, Hannah? Yeah, good, thanks. Good to be back. Lovely to have you back. Now, obviously, since you were last on, I do believe you said your partner, massive Liverpool fan. Uh, (laughs) How awful has that been over lockdown? Yeah, absolutely terrible. But just because the proximity, obviously, to to Ryan during lockdown has been so close. So I've just had it in the ear about Liverpool um, day after day. But, I mean, yeah. It's been been rewatching all all the compilation shows and 
all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I did feel slightly sorry for him because obviously, you know, couldn't go up and, and celebrate and, yes. and all of that. But um, I didn't feel too bad. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. Rightly so. <laughs> and finally, last but not least, uh, a man whose beautiful, silky voice we've had many times has actually hosted this very show. Andy Davis returns. How are you, Andy? I'm good, Mike. Thanks for thanks for having me back yet again. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been too long. It's been too long. It has been too long. It's been a, a strange old time for football. Um, but we've really got to start tonight's show with, I mean, obviously it's been all over social media. Uh, the and, um, Spurs show up. I mean, it's funny. They've got these sort of disconnected voices. But Theo was on episode, uh, episode two. He was on and... Uh, so we do get various bits on it, but the all or nothing Tottenham Hotspur. Sean, we'll start with you. Uh, give us um, what bits, what, what do you like about it? What don't you like about the series so far? Uh, it's been a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? The reaction, I guess. Um, I think fans initially prior to watching were quite concerned about the tone of it and whether, you know, it painted us in a bad light and whether it embarrassed us. Um and I, I, I was fortunate enough to see a few of the episodes ahead of time and I sort of had the opposite reaction to it. I've got this weird sort of mixture of pride and, and curiosity about the inner workings of the club. And, um, you know, I, I think the opening few episodes, as everyone will have seen, is very, you know, much the Jose Mourinho show. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this the sort of insight we've not seen before as fans. And mm. uh, I think particularly the, you know, the one-on-one meetings he had with, with Harry Kane and Eric Dyer. Um, conversing in Portuguese with Dyer was was uh, amazing. Amazing to see that we've got a squad with so many um, you know intelligent, bright young footballers. Um, I was intrigued by the stuff with Ericsson, the, the conversations mm-hmm. that Levy and Mourinho had in the canteen about you know can you turn him? Can you can you try mm-hmm. again and try and get him on side again? Um, but yeah, so far I think I think fans will slowly realise it's not quite the negative tone they were expecting. It's more of uh, just a fascinating insight into into our club. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Hannah, I mean, Sean mentioned there how nice we are, and that's kind of the theme so far. Mourinho going, we want to be bastards and on the pitch, and we've obviously sub- subsequently signed some sort of harder-looking players. Uh, we almost, the players have come across really well, and one could argue almost a bit too nice. What are your thoughts? Yes, I think, that's, I think that is absolutely right. Um, Firstly, I, I really liked the doc. I think it's great. I think um, there's so many conversations that you, you're frustrated. You think, are they having that? Are they saying that mm-hmm. to the players? What's going on behind the scenes? And just to get that access and to see um, to see that and know that Mourinho is having a conversation with Ali about his ups and downs and, and why is Dyer suddenly such a big force um, on the field? Uh, so yeah, totally found that fascinating. We're a hundred percent too nice. I think that insight, that strategic insight from Mourinho, is is fascinating. Is and has played into kind of the signings that he's he's bringing in this season. Um, I I think that the whole kind of psychology of the team and also the fact that we don't really have any 
kind of out and out vocal leaders. And I think this is partly why there's this fascination with Dyer again, because they talked about his aggressiveness. Mm. Um, And really, you can see from the film how they're trying to position Kane to become Mm. that vocal person, to be a bit more vocal, to give the team talks before the team go onto the pitch um, and to really start start pushing the personalities of the players a bit more. Um, and I think yeah. that's a key part of getting the Tottenham mentality sort of into that winning mentality and, and, and making them a, a more aggressive, more competitive and, and hopefully um, winning some trophies this season. Yeah, absolutely. Andy, I mean, first, I mean, it's weird seeing Harry Kane effing and blinding, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's not. Harry Kane swearing doesn't work for me, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> I found, I also found it, when, when Harry Kane spoke up in the team meeting to say, you know, he's not happy with the way things had gone, it, it felt a little bit like, it, it did feel like it was almost wait for somebody else to sort of speak up with him and no one did. So he kind of got, <laughs> got back in his box a little bit after that one. Um I'm, I, I do like how Daniel Levy's coming across because I never really knew what to make of Daniel Levy. We, you know, he really does interviews and you never really know. Um, and he's he's coming across as quite a sort of comical character to me. He's, he's, a, he's, a bit, he's, he's really, really, really eager to please Jose. He loves Mourinho. Yes, he's hanging off his every word. Yeah. And you can tell that, I mean, you know, the reports were true that... that um, that Levy had wanted Marino for years. Mm. Um, that certainly comes across in the way that, you know, he pops in, he's sticking his head around the corner to check if he's all right and needs a cup of tea <laughs> and all of this. Um, but it, I mean, it is, a, it is a Jose show, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. he, he's absolutely relishing it. And are you, it does make you think that maybe Pochettino didn't get fired by Levy, but got fired by central casting. Cause I, I don't think Poch <laughs> would have been, Half as entertaining as, as Mourinho uh, promises to be, because mm. you, you know you, you've, you've seen—I I don't know if anyone saw the Manchester City one—but um, yeah. but Guardiola doesn't have the is is not as not as good value uh, as, as as Jose is. So yeah, it's we're three episodes in. We know it pans out. We know the season pans out. It will just be entertaining to see uh, to see how it goes along. And I agree, it's it, it's not. It's not a puff piece on Spurs, but we, it certainly we're not coming across as badly as I, I certainly thought we, we would. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, Sean, the interesting thing—it's almost like it's almost what's not in the show kind yeah. of gets me interested. I mean, Sean, you've obviously got the Pochettino thing. My understanding was because we—they actually t- t- did some filming with us just before Poch was sacked. My understanding was the cameras went in in September. Potch was there for about a month before he got the sack. Now, watching the first three episodes, I would have loved to have seen the dressing room after the Bayern Munich home defeat. All that was basically airbrushed out. Episode one, compilation, Potch is great. Results go down. He's off. Hey, here comes Jose. Now, do you think that's got something to do with, we know from the fact that Poch wasn't happy that they were coming in any way. Do you think maybe he wasn't very uh, forthcoming with his time uh, when they wanted him to do stuff to camera? And do you think that maybe they made, made a decision? You know what? We need to, and obviously the club have got to say, we want the club in a positive light. He's gone now. Obviously mentioned what a great manager he 
was, he's gone. But this the narrative has got to be all about Jose and moving forward. Will they, won't they get the top four? Do you think that's kind of what you think the conversation might might be behind the scenes? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard similar things, really. Um, to my understanding, Pochettino wasn't receptive to it at all. Mm. Um, and we saw in that first episode, there was just that one-to-piece camera shot with him and Jesus Perez in the office, and that was it. Yeah. Um, my, my understanding is that Amazon have pretty much filmed everything. So footage does exist of pretty much everything across the season. Um, mm. But, you know, they weren't to know when they did that Mourinho was going to come in. So it's very much an editorial decision in terms of the tone of it and that yeah. it probably doesn't suit the narrative necessarily to include too much on Pochettino because they do want it to be the Mourinho show. They do want that that more, as you say, um, linking it to the, the Man City version. Uh, Guardiola wasn't particularly good value. Mourinho is and Pochettino has proven not to be. So, uh, yeah, to my understanding, everything's been filmed. As you say, particularly the Bayern Munich uh, result, I'd love to see that. The Brighton result as well. Yes, uh, just a yes. few days later, that would have been fascinating. Uh, just mm-hmm. to see where the tensions were in the dressing room, who in particular was was vocal about certain things. Um, I think we'd all have it in our heads about who was vocal about certain things. And mm-hmm. I sort of got the vibe that Ericsson was one of those players in the opening episode. So, yeah, frustrating we did get to see more of Pochettino. Uh, but yes. who knows, we might see some more in, in later episodes. Possibly. I mean, I would. Whether they'll go back or not, Hannah, I, I, I'm not too sure. But so far, it's, I mean, if you know, if you look at it like a sort of sort of soap opera, uh, so far the leading characters have obviously been Jose, Daniel <laughs> Levy. I agree, is coming across really well. Though I'm not a big fan of his little neck uh, bracelet, too small for a man, but that's just me. Uh, Deli Ali, Son, Harry Kane, Eric Dyer, uh, they've kind of so far been the main characters that yeah. have been getting the airtime, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I was really intrigued to to sort of understand how much editorial control the club have negotiated and whether we were going to see, you know, these are all real characters, but some of this has been set up for your entertainment type slide. Yeah, um, yes. But I'm assuming that, you know, they that it is what it is and um, um they haven't had too much editorial control because you it did start to feel like it was... it. It's, it was just just about the success story when actually the season has been super difficult on on a lot of levels. Um, yeah, I was I was I mean we're episode three, so let's see you know who else comes comes forward. But I, I'm surprised that Hugo Lloris hasn't played a bigger role as our our captain. But I'm assuming yeah. that will shift over the season. Um, and then also that the fans. The, the the sort of culture of the club and the fans and the the value that the fans bring hasn't really featured and um it would be it would be great to see that sort of coming out a bit more in in later episodes yeah that's a good point andy i mean one one kind of negative i think picking up from what hannah says there when you hear voiceovers of voices you don't know who they are and then i mean obviously at the end you could look at the credits it says thanks to i mean for example theo was on it last week the spurs show but Unlike Sons Until I Die and whatever, those bits when you got podcast talking, they were in the past and other shows in vision, or maybe you could have a little strap line saying, you know, so-and-so, the Spurs show. So there's sort of these disconnected voices that you didn't know who they are. And the, the main example of that, which I think was kind of set up 
being from my kind of TV background, the, which everyone's gone crazy for. The Jose turning off the TV when someone mm. on TV off camera goes, he's a busted flush or whatever, and he said, fuck off, and turns the TV off. That, to me, was, I think, maybe a bit of a setup. Yeah, I thought that at the time. Um, yeah, that was definitely a setup, but... I know what you mean about the voices. I mean, I, I thought I thought that they were just Tom Hardy putting on different voices. Um, <laughs> I was I was disappointed he didn't do his Bronson voice for the narration. I, you know, Tom's got range there. Um, but no, it is. It, it, it would have been good to to know to know who these people are. And I agree with the Sunderland documentary when you see. Um, you see the podcast being filmed. Yeah. I mean, did they not film the? Uh, they, yeah, they're not coming. They film. They film. They filmed it just before Potch was sacked. So we, they couldn't use any of that. And yeah. then we did a live, uh, it might still come up actually. Um, I don't think it will though. We did a live show on transfer deadline day with uh, Paul Miller and Mickey Hazard. Uh, we'll see if that shows up or not. I, I, I very much doubt it, um, but, but, but we'll see. Um, yeah. yeah, sorry, you carry on, Andy, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it does seem an odd decision not to not to name check people speaking at the time. Um, yeah, but you know, it's a minor quibble. We'll we'll see how we we'll see how it goes in in future episodes. But I mean, I, the the one thing I'm I'm interested to see is if they do any focus on what goes on with uh, and Dombele and and his mm. relationship there, whether that's yeah. no, that focus on at all, or whether the club say, look, just leave it. Just there's not. Uh, but at the Not moment, all he's been done is seen stuff in his face in the canteen so far. <laughs> would he, would he, was, uh, he was injured then. Was he not injured around that time? I, I, don't, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, no, possibly. No, he might have a groin strain. I think he might, <laughs> might have had a slight groin strain, but he's just been eating lots of uh, pasta. Sean, the, the other interesting thing, uh, which kind of wasn't touched upon in the voiceover, but us as fans will see, uh, and it's early days yet, is Jose's tactics. You saw this interview, interview, you saw this team talk when he says to Serge Aurier, push up, push up. And Serge goes, well, who's going to cover me? And it's been like, don't worry about that. And that was the game that Serge Aurier scored. There was the uh, another, they made a big thing, the tactics, when he brought Ericsson on against Olympiacos, I'm changing it now type thing. So from a tactic point of view, uh, you can kind of see how he doesn't mess around and so far, how those tactics have worked. However, I thought the Chelsea defeat was glossed over. If you remember, we were absolutely wretched that day. We were second to everything. We were awful. And after the game and the programme, it's just like, don't worry, still only six points. Come on, we've got a game coming up. Don't worry, don't worry. And he was like kind of glossed over it. Surely he must have ripped into him on that game. Yeah, no, I think, you know, when you look back on the season now under Pochettino and Mourinho, I think... It's probably transpired regardless of the Bayern Munich defeat, the Brighton defeat, and the one-all draw Sheffield United, which turned out to be Poch's last game. I think that Chelsea fixture probably was the biggest thing that happened to us this season mm. in that we'd suddenly gathered all of this momentum under Mourinho. You know, the, the first game under West Ham, we looked like a changed side. We went on a five-game or so unbeaten run under him when he first came in. And we'd suddenly clawed it back almost, I think, within two, three points of Chelsea before that game with them after the win at Wolves. Mm. And the, the performance was just terrible. It was really, really poor. 
Mm. And I think that in the end is that that has um, that has proven to be the biggest result this season for us because it just changed our outlook on the rest of the year and particularly those winter months when we went to Norwich and Southampton and couldn't claw results. Had we won at Chelsea, I think we'd have the momentum to move forward for that. And as you say, they glossed over it. I imagine there was a rollicking somewhere from Mourinho, you know, behind the scenes that the editorial control has meant they've hidden that perhaps. Um, but that you go you go back to that Olympiacos game in terms of the tactics. And I think that was the best example this year of how Mourinho can, if need be, change things up at half time. You know, he whipped mm. off Eric Dyer very early on, who we've now seen was, was you know, basically distraught at that decision and yes. sit, sitting alone in the dressing room, um, you know, feeling sorry for himself. But I think we'll see more of that as that develops. But I, that Olympiacos game for me in particular was a showing that if Mourinho has got the right options in his squad, there certainly are other options for him tactically. Uh, and that's only going to suit us better once we get more names in this summer. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Hannah, I mean, kind of, you know, growing up, there was a mystique about footballers. There's been certain books, you know, the Glory Game, famously, uh, Hunter Davis, one of the first books that, you know, someone went into a football club and warts and all. Um, but I was quite like the mystique of not knowing what players taught like, what they like, what went on behind the scenes. That's kind of gone now in modern football because there's so much money in it and everyone wants to kind of, you know, get every minutiae of the game. Do you think at times maybe it's a bit too glossy? Do you think at times it looks like a bit of a PR video for Tottenham? Or, or are you happy with the, the tone of it so far? Yeah, I do. I do feel for footballers in that respect I mean they're like many politicians they're held to the same standards the same scrutiny but look how they're treated I mean I was on the Spurs tour (laughs) the other day and you're a god essentially it's just incredible the sort of lifestyle that comes with the game so when fans ask you to be committed to your diet to not um you know um modeling for t-shirts on the side and those kind of things you kind of you kind of think yeah well can't you just it's sort of 10 years of your life and so I think it's 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 that balancing isn't it so I I do think it's difficult and the pressure is insane and and the scrutiny is a lot but also the kind of lifestyle and um sort of being able to fulfill your dreams if if that's if if football is your passion then it's it's the best place you can be so um and then it, with respect to the the documentary i think it's great i think it's actually for me my um it's made me more interested and in understanding because i was actually quite thinking oh i was slightly negative about Mourinho and about daniel levy and the decision making and what's going on behind the scenes why aren't they having these conversations why are we seeing the same old mistakes but actually the, what this has revealed is the kind of like intricate level of of detail that that goes in some of those conversations and and i think it's great just back quickly on that on that chelsea mm. point and and the sending off um that sunny got in that game yeah i thought that was fascinating because obviously well one it's Mourinho's ex club so he's going to be feeling the pressure massively that's not to be underestimated and then he's also been telling everyone to to act like 
you know aggressively on the pitch and it almost Mm. felt like it became a bit of a boiling point to that game and if you're going to ask that of your players and we saw a lot of that in the documentary then you have to expect you know mistakes like that and for um aggressions to spill over so so I you know I wonder how much um Mourinho was weathering that game but is was sort of expecting something like that to happen at, at some point yeah I mean Andy they kind of again go back to my point about what's not in there that particular Chelsea game there was the racism row, uh, we know nothing was proven, uh, but it was a big story at the time. They really have chosen to focus on certain things and throw other things away, haven't they? Yeah, they have. I mean, it was a big game at the time, but it might be, it, it'd be interesting to see in episode four uh, how, whether or not they start framing it as this is Jose's battle with a job that he, that was much, much bigger and yeah. tougher than he than he thought at the time because you know the season does go off the rails a bit after that until lockdown um yeah. and you know at, at the time i was certainly in the camp that you know jose has lost it he's a busted flush and and we you know the football's terrible and he, he doesn't know what he's doing mm. um so whether amazon and I, uh, I i imagine amazon are going to really focus this on jose being the, the the hero and the guy battling against against a job that's far far bigger than he than he imagined, uh, and he and he turns it round after lockdown, and we we finish a magnificent six. Um, <laughs> you know they they own, they own the narrative, and 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 and, and it, if Jose is portrayed in that kind of light in this documentary, he's going to win over a lot of fans. Um, you know, it's Eric Dyer as well. Eric Dyer has, has been in, in the media quite a lot recently. Uh, he's obviously a, a focal point in this documentary. He's moving back to centre-half. Uh, he signed a new contract. Jose obviously likes him. Um, you know, this could really push Eric Dyer back into to the affections of, of the fans as well because, you know, his his form had, had dipped for a couple of years mm. and and... You know, we, we've all been at, at matches where Eric Dyer was getting an absolute uh, shellicking from the fans. So, you mm-hmm. know, with, with, this, with this landing two weeks before the season starting, it, it might... It, it's, it's weird how, talking about our, our football club and, and, and our season being affected by how an Amazon documentary comes across. But I guess that's, that's modern life for you, isn't it? That's, that's, yeah, the, I mean, that's the way you're right. I think... I, th- I think it would be interesting. I mean, again, I-, I don't have all the results in front of me, but there was that time when things were going wrong after Christmas. Mourinho started going, sort of reverted to type, started complaining about this, the ball, the ball boy. He started doing what he does. He start, you know, he pulled out uh, the Dombele, starts kind of blaming everyone but himself. It would be very interesting to see how, uh, in the in the next few episodes, how that is covered, if it's covered at all. Look, let's have a, a, a quick break um, because we, we're, we're kind of running over already. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to look at some of the uh, the Europa League news that's broken this week um, and this very crazy schedule we've got coming up. Back after this very short break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, 
check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back from that break. Just a bit of uh, housekeeping uh, before we continue. Uh, don't forget out there you can still get a Spurs show season ticket. That season ticket gets you and a guest into all our monthly live shows. They're up and running again. Um, um, our next one is September the 30th. Returning one of my heroes, Martin Shivers, will be with us on September the 30th. So to get your tickets, well, to, to get a season ticket anyway, they're only, it's like, what, it's like, like 10 or a month for, for two tickets. Go to season.spurshow.net, sign up, and you can come to all our wonderful intimate live recordings with loads of Tottenham legends and don't forget if you like this show you can get a daily show from the Spurs show every day match reports interviews with ex-players some wonderful Spurs uh, documentary audio documentary series as well for as little as 40 pence a week just go to patreon.com slash Spurs show right Sean um, there was an announcement today that if we get past uh, locomotive Plovdiv of Bulgaria. We've got, we're going to face uh, the mighty Botasani of Romania or Skendia of Macedonia on the 24th of September. And we've already got this crazy schedules uh, from Plovdiv. We've got 17th of September, Plovdiv, the 12th, obviously, Everton, 20th, Southampton, 22nd League Cup. 24th Europa League again, 26th Newcastle, 29th League Cup possibly, and then at the beginning of October, Europa League, then Man United. It's nuts, and surely the next signing we're going to see, Sean, now because of this alone, has got to be at least one new striker. Um, I mean, you'd hope so, as you say. Um, I think it's been made just about as inconvenient as possible for Spurs so far, hasn't it? Um I don't think anyone's going to pretend to be an expert on any of the clubs we, we could potentially face. No, or never heard of them. Yeah. Well, exactly. And, 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 you know, as you say, nine games in just under three weeks, including the Carabao mm-hmm. Cup. Um, I had a conversation with someone today. They said, it sounds like we're going to potentially look to utilise our under-23 staff and players yeah. in that competition, much like Liverpool did when they went off to compete in the Club World Cup. Um, it obviously remains to be seen if that's the case, but... You know, a crazy schedule and, 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 you know, it shows why we've reinforced the squad with, with players like Joe Hart. You know, Gazaniga, Lloris and Hart will all play games this season. There's no doubt about that. Um, and we've heard that clubs like Fulham are trying to sign Gazaniga, but it doesn't sound like Spurs are going to let that happen because of this schedule. Mm. Um, it's just far too demanding for, for anyone, let alone, uh, you know, a slightly smaller big club, let's say, in Spurs, who haven't got the resources of City and Liverpool. But... Um, yeah, really, really challenging spell. Um, but we knew this was going to be the case because of the way the qualifying works. Um, so unfortunately, we've got to sort of um, grit our teeth and bear it a little bit. Uh, but I'd, uh, I'd want at least 20% off the club shop for trekking over to Macedonia for that one, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I mean, uh, Hannah, I know we've been linked. I mean, striker-wise, we've been linked with so many. In the last week, 
we've been linked with King and Wilson of Bournemouth. And I saw a few reports today saying we could be trying to go for both of them. I find that a bit hard. I can't see us paying top wages uh, for two. Although with Troy Parrott now at Millwall uh, and these games, you don't really want, ideally, you don't want Kane to be starting out in Bulgaria, Macedonia, the League Cup. I believe the League Cup doesn't even get your Europa League place next season. So mm. it's become even less important, really. You, you think this week, surely, uh, Wilson or King, hopefully, will be coming in. Do you have any preferences? Yeah, you'd think. Well, I think the approach is right. So looking at those teams that have been relegated, and obviously King and Wilson have both... Um, we've been linked to, but I mean, I always rated um, Troy Deeney or even Pookie, who I know sort of tailed off, but um, those kind of players that have, um, you know, that could be strong in a stronger team. So, I mean, those names, of course, haven't been linked to us, but but that kind of approach, looking at those three teams that, that have been relegated, I think, are the right ones. Mm. Uh, I'm super, super excited about um, Bergwijn. I think he's brilliant, um, just shown so much of himself already in a sort of limited time. And I think the, the kind of creativity... And the fact that so many players can score. So Ali, Sissoko, Sun, Mora, Bergwijn, um, and will will get significant number of goals over the season. Um, of course, it doesn't replace Kane. And, and we do need an alternative if, if he does um, get injured or, as you say, just because we've got so many games. But I, I, I don't know. I just wouldn't be surprised if it, it didn't happen. I feel like we've been yes, trying to answer this question for so many seasons. Um, it would be, it, it would be, be disgraceful if it doesn't. I mean, Andy, one player I'd love to see, keeping on the theme that uh, Jose wants real bastards in there and hard players, surely, surely a bid for Diego Costa who apparently could leave Atletico Madrid we used to hate Diego Costa coming to Spurs and we always used to sit there going you'd have him in your side but you hate him playing against you surely him up against these kind of teams would be absolutely perfect wouldn't he? Yeah I think so I mean I, I, that was one of the ones I got excited about um, him and him and Troy Deeney really for that very reason that you you need we like a shit house, and Diego Costa is one of the one of world football's greatest ever shit houses. Um, just, I mean, and the amount of niggling, sniping, fouling going on in a match where you know he's being supplied by Lo Celso and Lamella would just be, you, you know, it would be incredibly nasty. Um, and also, a, a, a friend of mine's a Chelsea fan, and when he heard that rumor, was distraught at the the prospect of. Uh, Diego Costa coming to Spurs, so you know that would be funny as well. Um, mm. But if he, you know, if he can leave Atletico on for nothing, I think the second point would be wages. Um, and you know, do do you want to break your wage structure for a 31 year old um, who, who, to be fair, hasn't really done it in Spain for the last couple of years? That he only got five goals last season and hasn't really performed for Madrid. But you know, we we we've. You don't know. You don't know what you what what, what you're missing until it's gone, and that was the that was the case with Lorente, that kind of big mm. plan B that we could have up front, and Costa would fit the bill perfectly. But I mean, so would Troy Deeney. Um, mm. But I mean, going back to the fixtures as well, um, you know, and the, the utilising the under twenty threes, that that I think would appeal to to Jose because he is somewhat accused of not, 
you know, trying out young players and not use, not trusting, trusting the younger players. And to be in a situation where he's forced to do that for them to be, then to be able to say, look at me picking and trying out these young players. Um, I think these circumstances would appeal to him for that. Um, yeah. it, it gives him a reason to kind of hold, hold that core team back for, for an assault on the Premier League and, and, uh, and the sort of competitions that maybe mean a bit more. Sean, I mean, you know, assuming they will get a striker in, I mean, I, again, you know, I know we all watched the, the Birmingham uh, friendly, which out of our friendlies that have been shown so far was without doubt our poorest performance. Uh, we didn't create much. It took a brilliant uh, Bergvine goal uh, near the end of the game. But as well as a striker, as I said last season, I, I'm still not convinced yet with Giovanni Lacelso. I know there's talks of Ericsson not getting on well in Milan and Conte not wanting him, but I, I still think a creative midfield player, especially when you've got all these games coming up and to unlock the door in tight games, surely, Sean, that maybe is another position they had to look at, or do you think they think they've got someone else good enough in that squad who could play that role? No, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Lacelso. I think he's really, really exciting. Uh, and I think he's got a big future ahead of him. But when you boil it down to what's on, on paper in terms of his stats this year, two Premier League assists in 28 games just is not good enough for a player of that position and what we demand from that position. And you mentioned Ericsson there. That, that's exactly what I think we're still crying out for. Just that yeah. bit of quality in the middle. But when things aren't going our way, just that bit of quality to, one, unlock the players around him, but also someone that can give us that last gas goal or that, that big pass. And I look around the squad, I don't really think Lo Celso is that player. Um, mm, I, I think Ndombele could be that player. Yeah. I think he's got that potential in the, you know, the few bits we've seen of him, the few bright bits we've seen of him. Whether we're going to be able to unlock that from him it remains to be seen. But we do really miss that bit of quality and, it's a sort of player Spurs have always tried to sign in the window. You know, it's the anniversary, as we're recording this, of Van der Vaart joining. Yes, that's um, right, 10 years ago. Yeah, that's right. And we've, we just need someone like that. Who we go for, I don't know. I would have been uh, leaning towards someone like Rakitic, who's just joined Spear yes. now. He would have been... All oh, has he? Oh, he's gone. I didn't realise that. Yeah, he's gone today, gone back to Sevilla. So, ah. you know, a few complications with that one, admittedly, with the salary and age and things like that. But... Just that 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 name, and unfortunately, as good as Doherty and Hoybier and Hart will be for the squad, I think they're all fantastic signings. They're just not quite the marquee names us as fans need to, you know, to get excited by and to help lift the dressing room. And hopefully, Levy's on the hunt for that player. Yeah, well, no, it's well, it's going to be fascinating. I think in the next week or so, uh, who we do bring in, uh, that's going to be it for today. We kind of run out of time. Uh, uh, Hannah, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, Sean, thank you very much. And, and Andy as well. We'll be back next week uh, with uh, myself, uh, Mihir Bose, his returns, and Sky Sports, Marcus Buckland will be with me uh, next week. And next week is literally the final show before the new season kicks off as we face Everton at White Hart Lane. Uh, we'll see you then. Until next time, come on, you Spurs. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now? 
and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.